At the bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high fly into all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. There's only 24 hours in a day. I got a pair of earbuds and I wish there was a way that I could know just what I want to listen to. There's 150,000 shows that I'm not sitting through. Welcome to Pod on Pod, a guide to the world of podcasts because it's not your daddy's radio. We're your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel. And this is the podcast. Is that how I do it? I don't know. <laughs> you think I listen to the show? I don't listen to the show. You're too busy listening to somebody <laughs> yeah, else's I don't have podcast. time to listen to the show. This week on Pod on Pod, we're going to be discussing a couple of podcasts, actually. Uh, TLDR and mm-hmm. Reply All... <laughs> And reply all. Already the peanut gallery is piping in. At the bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high fly into all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. The reason we're discussing these two shows together normally is because they're the exact same show. <laughs> normally, we either talk about an individual podcast, a different podcast every week, and we uh, break that show down talking about audio quality, host likability, content, the production values. Uh, we talk about all those things so that you might get an idea of whether that's a show you want to pursue. It's time intensive to check out a new show. You really need to listen to several episodes, three or four at least. You don't have that kind of time to spend on everything. So check us out. We'll tell you what uh, we think of the show. And in 30 minutes, you'll know whether to spend the time yourself uh, giving it a shot. This week, we're putting two shows together instead of our normal trifecta episode because these shows are sort of well, not sort of. They are completely tied to one another. That One of them is the uh, father of the other, and then it's gone on to a slightly different variation of its own self now, and we wanted to sort of look at both of them against each other, see what we thought of both. So what the heck are these shows about? First of all, last week we made some jokes about TLDR. Josh, I stand by them. It's a terrible name, a horrible name. It is. And I think it's still, even listening to them, because I want to say episode four, maybe, they realized that no one understood the title of the show and people were confused by it. So in episode four, I mean, don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure it's episode four. They have to come out and explain what TLDR is. I'm going to give you the Urban Dictionary definition right now. TL semicolon. I shouldn't have to go to Urban Dictionary to figure out what my podcast is about. (laughs) I agree with you. TL semicolon DR. It literally means too long, semicolon, didn't read. You say this whenever a nerd makes a post that's too long to bother reading. Here's an example. OMG, you post winch. I can only say one thing in response. TL, semicolon, DR. 
I've seen this before online. I had a vague it's old school. Yes, I had a vague recognition of what it was. I did not know what it was until I started trying to listen to this show. And the only reason really that I finally listened to this show is because I knew that the guys had moved over, the hosts had moved over to Reply All, and I was awaiting its launch. Because they realized their mistake. Because the show the title was bad? The title is terrible. Well they could have so changed they just the title. Make the exacts they did. They now call it Reply All. It's the exact same show. Okay, but you don't know the story behind Gimlet Media. You don't know why these guys moved to a different company. And we're going to get there eventually when we listen to the startup podcast together. I've already listened to that. I've already listened to that. You're going to love that. But but what happened is Gimlet Media is a new podcast company. Alex uh, Lumberg. That's cool. I don't review podcast companies. I review podcasts. <laughs> well, he has a podcast about That's, the company called maybe Startup. Maybe I'll get to it eventually. We we should we really should check that out sometime. But anyway, they, those those guys and and who are those guys? I guess we should talk about that. Alex Goldman and PJ Vaught. Those are the two hosts, original hosts of TLDR. They've since moved over to now host Reply All. Under the umbrella of Gimlet Media, um, Gimlet Media was recently founded by uh, Alex Lo- Bloomberg. Actually, I said Bloomberg, but it's Bloomberg. And I think they're a really neat company. I think they got some cool things coming, and I think that Alex has done good things for the other Alex, Alex Goldman and PJ Vote. Now, who is left at TLDR? Well, the current host of TLDR is Meredith Haggerty. I like Meredith. I do too. Yeah. Uh, although um, I've also listened to an episode. Uh, not, not to say that I don't like the other guys. I, I think the other guys are just fine. It was, let's see, it was actually an episode from like episode 16, but they replayed it in January. It's one of the ones that I listened to. It had Laura Meyer or Mayer as the host of that one. TLDR was the original idea. And the, the tagline for the show is the internet shorter. And the concept is to tell human interest stories yes. from across the internet in a narrative NPR style format. Yes. It's a spinoff of a show called On the Media where they did this same thing but about newspaper and TV and radio, traditional media sources. They spun off and started telling these internet sources. It's all backed by WNYC. I know this is going to sound crazy because I do a podcast. I don't really care about the internet. I don't. (laughs) That does sound crazy. Um, But I understand your idea. This was exactly the attitude, actually, that Honeybun had when I first started discussing these shows with her. She had the exact same note. She was like, I just feel like there's better stories to tell. (laughs) I was like, well, there's lots of people telling those stories. I'm glad that these guys are telling these stories or these people are telling these stories. I think it is about finding the humanity inside the machine. These same stories could be transplanted, taken out of the internet age. You take all the trappings of the internet out of the story and you replace them with traditional media. And it could be the kind of story that was in, I don't know, like, you know, Reader's Digest or something. Give me an example. Well, okay, the sweepstakes episode. This was a a TLDR episode. And it was the one with Laura Mayer or Lauren Mayer. Uh, It was, I believe, episode 16. And it was about these. This this online community of people who every day, mostly what they did was fill out sweepstakes entries online. The same thing could have happened through the mail or through bulletin board services. Yeah, it's past. called Publisher's House. It's been happening for decades. Well, no, but the community around the people that entered. So they, the, oh, there was a community of people that entered that <laughs> stuff 
all the time. The story in particular that they told was a, a man and his family who won the Dream Home from HGTV. Yeah. Uh, and during the, the – nobody ever keeps the home. They always sell the home because you're hit with the tax bill. Right. And it's hundreds of thousands of dollars, yeah. which nobody can afford. So they always sell the home and then take the cash – payout or whatever. This family decided we want to keep the home. We want to rent it out as a bed and breakfast to pay for itself or whatever. We'll pay the mortgage with a bed and breakfast. We want to maintain the home. And they tried to do that for a while. They never could get the permits. In the meantime, he developed some like massive form of cancer or something. The The family had to get a whole lot of bills. They ended up having to sell the home. Long story short, though, the community of these sweepstakers came and supported the man in monetary ways and in physical ways, like just being there in the hospital with him and his family, all sorts of amazing things. And it was like a really, it was a really touching story about the way communities develop through the internet. I think that's the part of the show that I really enjoy. I'll just watch the guild. (laughs) All right, then let's get to our uh, discussing uh, the way these shows are put together. Let's talk about uh, audio quality first. All great recordings. Anytime you talk about NPR-style narrative storytelling, I, I think the assumption is going to be that they're all going to sound really good. Did Was there one that you thought did this better no, than I'm the just others? No, wait, I'm just waiting for you to say that they take phone calls, that some of these uh, they do take, are over the phone. No, they do take phone calls, but okay. even the, the, the phone calls are done as well as you can have a phone call done. That's That's true, but whatever. I'm tired of beating that drum. You've beat it out of me now. <laughs> What did you think about the audio quality, though? It was great. Do your, no. sh- do your job, it sir. It was great. I, I, uh, I didn't have any problem with it. It's um, – yeah, all of those – that format is, is a good format. That's why it's repeated. Indeed. It's also a time-intensive and it's – Very, yes. You've got to be skillful. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I think you can be trained to do this, obviously, but it takes somebody – with a certain kind of ear I feel and like, an I feel eye like for production. I feel like it's just, I feel like that style. It's just, it's just the journalist style of podcasting, man. What about the host likability? So you've got uh, PJ and Alex on Reply All, originally from TLDR, and then Meredith. And I'm going to throw Laura Mayer in here as well, since I heard her on one of the episodes. I don't know if I, I know she works for WNYC. I don't know that she's an ongoing host for TLDR. Do you have a favorite? I really connected with Alex Goldman in I w- particular. I would have thought that you would have. He's just got a new baby, for yeah. one thing. Yeah. Um, I think he and I are roughly the same age. He's more successful than I am in his current uh, job, I would say. So I'm going to hope that he's a little bit older, but I think we're about about the same place. I like PJ, though, too. And uh, PJ right now is filling in for Alex as the main host of Reply All since Alex is on paternity leave. So I feel like I feel like the Reply All guys – are fine. There's nothing wrong with them as hosts. Mm-hmm. I just the things that they find interesting are the things that they are interested in are not things that I am interested in. And I think Meredith taking over TLDR to me has made TLDR better because her interests I am I am more like hmm I hadn't thought of that or like. It's something that 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 is going to grab me more than the other two. One of the episode, one of the first episodes, as a matter of fact, that I listened to with her as the lead host was uh, episode forty three of TLDR. Hey, ladies, did you listen to that episode? No, I thought you were going to say the uh, what, what is it, the prostitutes' letter? Oh, that's a good title. I don't know. Um, I did not listen to that one. It was it was an interview with. Prostitute Laundry. Yeah, Prostitute Laundry. It's a that is a um, newsletter that goes out 
that a sex worker writes, man, but here's the deal. My, I didn't, I, I didn't even know or even think that the person she was interviewing would have been a sex worker. How, how terrible of a person does that make me? <laughs> uh, I really, I enjoy Meredith as well. I enjoyed her, especially anchoring that the Hey Ladies episode, although that was an interesting one in that it, it didn't have a whole lot of her in it. The, <laughs> there, there was a, there's a group of ladies actually um, that do a, a series, literally, uh, it's a, like a blog post, I think, and now they've been doing it in like live events even. It's called Hey Ladies, and they do this as performance. Right. So they did most of the episode. She sort of bookended it, described what was going to happen. But then the other episode that I listened to with a lot of her in it, actually, was uh, Jeb Bush for com. Did you listen to that one? No, I thought you would have, though. Yeah, it's a good episode. Uh, and again, an interesting story. I don't know that I would agree with you that she's made the show better because what I think has made the show better, and I and we've already sort of discussed this off air, and and you disagree with me, and we're moving now into production values because here is where I think TLDR graduated to Reply All. Alex Bloomberg was a better producer than Alex Alex Goldman or PJ Vaught, and when they moved over. Alex Gold and PJ, they gained some of those ninja skills. They gained the oversight of Alex Bloomberg. They gained his experience and his his. I don't know if they gained like his literally like his workflow or whatever, but they gained everything that he could bring to the table as far as producing something like this. He does a better job than they do, and I think Reply All is now a more solid show week to week. There were episodes of TLDR that were up and episodes that were down. Every single episode of Reply All to me, I mean, knocks it out of the park. But again, this is coming from a guy who wants to hear stories about the internet. Yes. Uh, I, so I to would the casual listener, if there is such a thing in podcasting, yeah. Uh, to the casual listener, you're not going to tell a difference between them. There's no difference between them, especially if you listen to the ones uh, the early TLDRs hosted by uh, by Alex and um, PJ, PJ, and then you listen to Reply All. If I played one and then played the other and didn't tell you which was which, which was which. You wouldn't know. As long as you cut out the intro and the theme song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which, by the way, since we're in production values, let's talk about the theme song. What did you think of the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder? Oh, hey, hey, you know know what I did like from Reply All is uh, from the first episode, they say, hey, whenever we're going into an ad, you'll hear this music. That's Gimlet Media. That's a Gimlet Media thing. And they do it on startup as well. He, Alex Bloomberg, was very particular about... I don't want it to ever be confusing. One of the things that advertisers love about podcasts is that in most cases the podcast host is reading the advertising. And so it it can be sort of at times feel like an endorsement. And he's like, if and when I endorse something, you'll know it. But regardless, if I get paid to say something, you'll hear this music. And And Startup has its own ad music and Reply All has its own ad music, which is different, distinctly different than any of the other music that they play. But what what do you think about the beats, the the theme song in particular? I love the Mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Reply All theme song is my ringtone on my phone. Neither of them were memorable enough to make my nipples hard. 
<laughs> well, fair enough. Uh, it's not a ringing endorsement then uh, from Josh. You got anything else to add about the production values? Generally, you don't like a lot of no, a lot of fanfare, yeah. but that's this type of show. Yeah, exactly. We liked it in Serial. Yes. You look, like look, it here. Here's, here's the thing, man. I know I'm going to come off as having a negative tone on both of these shows um, just because they're not my bag. I think production value is fine on both of them. Uh, I don't think – it, uh, any of the three hosts uh, do a bad job. I don't. I think they do a fantastic job. What gets me on these is content, and it's content I don't care for. It's not that it's content done poorly. I don't care for it. It doesn't interest me. And I feel bamboozled and shylocked into uh, listening to the exact same show twice. I had to listen to six episodes of the same show just so you could get your kicks, and it and it sounds like plug Gimlet Media. And no, not at all. Uh, we haven't we haven't begun to plug Gimlet Media yet, sir. And I don't know that we will. And no, uh, but probably not. Although I don't know. I think you. I think when you get to the other show, I think you'll like it more. And they're going to put out more shows in the future too. But well, okay. Let's talk then. Let's turn to the positive. What were some of your favorite moments? Because you did like parts of Reply uh, of uh, TLDR in particular. Yeah, so I had this thought. I liked this episode for this thought. So it was the uh, episode about the uh, hipster guy who's sitting on the high line uh, next to Chelsea with his typewriter, and he will type you up a story for free, donations only. But the bent to it was that he got splashed on the front page of Reddit. And what didn't get splashed on there was what he actually did. So he got a bunch of negative feedback. And I thought that the interesting part in there was just isn't anything new. People on the Internet that are anonymous are horrible, horrible people, which goes back to the point that I think everyone is inherently bad. And the Internet (laughs) proves that every day. That was my favorite part. I had a lot of favorite moments. Okay, so from the early episodes of uh, of TLDR – I think it was episode four. It's called The Unicorn. It's a guy in his 50s who had never used the internet. Did you I listen? did listen to that one. He was the uh, restaurant owner. He owned, a, yes. he owned a cafe or whatever. Yeah. I loved when he's talking about, he said, you know, if I need something quick, I just go across to the FedEx store. They fax something for me, you know, order something online. I just online. give them a sandwich. I just do them favors. That's right. They do. People do me favors. You know, I'm like, what a, what a. What a wonderful look into like the way human beings used to be. Uh, look at that. Uh, I also really enjoyed uh, more recently. I think this was like episode thirty six of Repl- of TLDR. It was about. I think the title is called the mysterious Ch- childish Gambino or the mystery of childish Gambino. And really, I'm uh, like I'm I'm not surprised at all that you about listening would- to that one. Yeah. Well, it's about the Wu-Tang name generators online. There are two of them distinctly, and the concept of the is episode— Is that how he came up with Childish Gambino? That's the story, is that a yeah. friend of his put his name into a Wu-Tang name generator, got Childish Gambino. It was so good, he felt like he had to begin writing rap music specifically under that moniker. I think like that's an urban myth. No, he he holds it to this day. He was he had he had already begun writing raps and stuff, but he was had not been serious about it at all. But the name Childish Gambino was like a totem for him, and it sort of like honed the idea. But the concept of this episode is to find which one of the name generators is the one that he actually used. Because if you put Donald Glover into either one of them, Childish Gambino comes out, and so. 
the cons, the, you know, PJ and Alex were like, well, surely one of them just changed the results to match the story after the fact. Or they both used the exact same algorithm to generate the names. Every other name, including even the names of the band members themselves, of the actual Wu-Tang members, results in, in, in different things in each if one. If you put in Childish Campino, do you get Donald Glover? That's a good question, and the episode of TLDR did not answer that question. Failed me again. <laughs> you, you and me got to do the research, man. Um, a couple of my other favorite moments. These are uh, from uh, TLDR. Uh, excuse me, Reply All. I keep getting them confused. I wonder why. Mm. Yeah. Uh, there was a great episode, episode number seven. This website is for sale. Did you listen to that one? Uh, they talk about domain registries. No, but they did talk about domain registries in um, – and this is a reply all episode, uh, the anxiety box. They talk about – it's a guy that's got like a bunch of domains. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That might be the same one. Uh, the, in this episode, they talk to the guy who's effectively like the um, – they describe him as the Derek Jeter of domain names. This guy makes like a hundreds of thousands, maybe a million dollars no. a year selling brokering domain. No, names. not the same guy. Okay, he, uh, they were they they traced the story of Longform dot net. I think is what it is. Anyway, they they tried to buy Longform dot com. The people behind the service Longform online, and you know, it's not my, available. You know, you know, the brothers of Mabim and Bam just bought a new website. They buy new websites like every episode, though. TeamGoogle dot com. <laughs> I'm I'm behind on that show. I, I I'm not. I there's there was too much reply all and TLDR to listen to. I haven't I haven't listened to them lately. All right, so uh, that's our favorite moments. We talked about the content, the production values, the host likability, and the audio quality. Let's go ahead and tell you what we think of these shows. Generally, when we have more than one, we don't rate them both. But I think we we're going to need to rate them both. I don't think our ratings are going to be any different though. Yours might be. No. I'm, I'm going to give both these shows a 2.0. I I know we couldn't be more different, <laughs> but that's good for the show. That's good. That's that makes good radio. Hey, TLDR was a good idea to begin with. I think it's been spit and polished. Now, how can you say anything's a good idea when what they're putting out there in front of the, their audience is such a horrible name? And I know I keep going back to that, but if that the thought process that you take to get to the title of your show is so bad, then any content that you generate is going to be thought of by the same people, and I don't trust it. <laughs> well, do you agree that Reply All is a good name? Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm out on this, but I do know that it was, I believe, Alex's wife that named it. Yes, yes. So I'm, I think it is a better name. <laughs> I'll put it that way. It is a thousand times better than TLDR. Like, they just try to be too cute with it. That's fair. But you're talking to a guy who's been guilty many times of his, in his life of trying to be too cute. No, oh, I agree, 100%. So, yeah. so I, feel, I feel for Alex and PJ on that one. I do wonder, though, the very little bit I know about the audience's reaction is really only from a couple of people who spoke to me on Twitter about it. There are there are some people apparently a contingency of the fans that do not like TLDR since Meredith has taken over and and the guys have left. Right, and those aren't people who are fans of the show. Those are people who are fans of Alex and PJ. Well, my question is if Meredith didn't do herself a disservice by not rename rebranding. Yes, and yeah. I'm sure that wasn't her decision to make. Yeah. I'm sure that came from her corporate ownership. But the like the 
you could still do a similar show with a different name. And we all agree. We and even I will agree that TLDR is a name that is too cute for its own good. Like, and there are a lot of those on the internet, by the way. And it's not just a podcast thing. There are a lot of band names that are too darn cute. You know, like that's a that's been happening for. There are a lot of novels that are too cute a name. You should have gone with something and more direct. People who enjoy that kind of thing, I'm sure, are going to enjoy both of those podcasts. You're probably right on yeah. that one. All right. So I said 2.0 for both shows. What do you say? So the. So two is the highest we can rate, right? Indeed. Zero on both of them. Zero for both of them. Across the board. And that doesn't mean that you hated either one of right. them. Right. I'm just ambivalent toward them. I'm glad that they're out there. I just don't care to listen to them, and I probably won't mention them to anyone. The only person I know that I would mention these to <laughs> are me. Are you, yes. is you. Yes. Uh, so, but you you feel about these two shows and the concept of these two shows about like I feel about, like, let's say Rob has a podcast, for instance. So imagine this. Imagine I'm like, hey, man, we're going to review IVMV, which is a show I love, but it's very niche. It's only about Cubs baseball. And then I'm like, hey, man, to compare and contrast, <laughs> we're also going to listen to Redbird. Which is the St. Louis Cardinals podcast. I would podcast. assume if it's not one, it should be one, which is the St. Louis <laughs> podcast. But, we're gonna, dude, we're going to listen to both of these, man. And we're going to review them both at the same time. You would have hated me for Really, that. it would it, it would be if we listen to Ivy Envy and then like iHeartTheCubs.com. Yeah, you, sure. <laughs> Which, by but the way. But that's what you made me Corey, do this week. Corey, there's only one Cubs podcast for me and Josh, I promise. We're not stepping out on you. It's just Ivy Envy over here at Pod on Pod. Oh, they, um, their spring training uh, episode just came out. Pretty yeah, exciting, man. They yeah. got It's a very busy time uh, of the year for them. Uh, all right. So there you go. Uh, zeros all of, all around from Josh. 2.0s from, from me to balance things out. Uh, let's move on now to listener feedback. We heard from a couple of uh, folks on Twitter, and we actually heard a lot of good stuff about our review last week of No Such Thing as a Fish. Lots of people were happy with that. My favorite show I think we've reviewed to date. It it really is a great one. I listened to two or three more episodes this week. You you told me I think I'm done. I think I'm all caught up. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. It's a great quickly. show. It's so easy to listen to. Uh, so we heard from Jack Aspinall. Uh, he's Cream nineteen sixty six on Twitter, and he tweeted at us to tell us. First of all, he tweeted at us to tell us that um, QI, the show that quite interesting, the show that yeah. uh, no such thing as a fish is based on or, or spun off from. It is going to be on BBC America. Then, Thursdays at 9. Yes, he tweeted, he is tweeted it, back. Is it really Thursdays at 9? No, it's not Thursdays at okay. 9. <laughs> he tweeted back at us to say that it started on the 19th of February and, and it's on right now. Uh, so there you go. Uh, also, and we discussed him in last episode, but you and I couldn't remember the name. Our our older listener. Yes. He said it is uh, this. Uh, it is uh, his daddy's radio or whatever. Uh, Mike Cabral. That's what it is. He's Cabral Mike on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, he tweeted and said, hey, guys, it's the old guy again. I am enjoying no such thing as a fish. It reminds me a bit of the old You Look Nice Today. Have you ever heard of this podcast? No. Okay, You Look Nice Today was a, a po- very early podcast. I think it, it started in like 2005, 2006. So even really before 
the first wave of of podcasting's revitalization that people talked about in 2008-2009. It's a show that we might get around to someday. It's long since run its course, but it's a show that all of the hosts of that show have sort of spun off and and become – Internet celebrities in their own right, right and it's on. a show that a lot of people who are now podcast hosts look look back on with fondness and like, oh, that's when I really got hooked on podcasting. Was uh, you look nice today? So we'll we'll try to get there eventually. But uh, thanks uh, for checking us out, and thanks for uh, checking out No Such Thing as a Fish. We're glad that you enjoyed that review. And uh, again, thanks for tweeting at us. If you enjoy one of our podcast reviews or you enjoy a show that we review, then let us know on Twitter. You can find us at Pod on pod or you can email us pod on pod at teamprocreate.com and more importantly if you become a fan of a show that we reviewed let them know give them a review again that is the best thing you can give a podcast is your review speaking of giving a review if you write an itunes review for reply all and you screenshot the fact that you are doing that, you screenshot the where you have written the review. It's too much work already. And you send it to Reply All on Twitter. They will draw you a picture and, and tweet it at you. I swear it's happening. It happens a lot on, on uh, Twitter, and they are collecting them all on uh, like a Tumblr page or something like that. Interesting little idea. I'm going to be going and write. I haven't written them a review yet. I'm going to go write Reply All and TLDR uh, a review this week. Do you ever review a show that you – uh, don't give a two. Do I ever write them a review in iTunes? Yeah. Yeah, often. I, I, like as long as I – because again, like my 1.0 or 1.5 doesn't mean that it's not a good show. It just means that it's not one of my favorites. I'm not going to listen sure. to it every week. So if I appreciate the production, if, I, if I've if i put in enough time to do an episode of this and I didn't hate it, I will very likely go and review. I've reviewed a ton of shows in iTunes because I know how much it means to the podcasters. I only review shows that I give it to. I don't think that's a terrible – like I think most people are that way. I think the vast majority of reviews are either four or five stars or zero stars. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I feel like I feel like if I like the show enough to give it a two, then it deserves the highest rating I could possibly give it to offset some of the people who don't enjoy it. All right. What are we going to talk about next week, Josh? We're going to talk about every podcast that we can think of. Oh, is it is it time? <laughs> it is. It is that time. Episode 50 coming up next week. So we're going to do uh, Pod on Pod Revisited Volume 2 and go back over uh, the last 25 episodes, especially the 25 podcasts anyway that we reviewed uh, since our last Revisited episode. It tell you about any possible updates to the show, any of them that have stalled, uh, any of them that have won any special awards or perhaps created their own TV show. You got anything else to add? No, that's it, man. All right, man. Uh, until next week, why don't you go by podonpod.com and check out the archives. Make sure that you're all caught up and uh, find your next favorite show. We'll be back next week with Pod on Pod Revisited Volume 2. Until then, we're your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel. And this has been the podcast.
Pod on Pod is a proud member of the Procast Network, a Procreate production. Procreate is a community of artists in film, music, the digital arts, and the fine arts that helps them connect and collaborate on projects. You can find out more at teamprocreate.com. Also be sure to check out one of our other great shows like Me and the Geek. Are you a geek? If the answer is yes, I've got just the show for you. If the answer is no, well, I might have the show to explain why you're wrong. Meandthegeekpod.com is where you need to go. Visit us every week for a different conversation with a new geek and a peek into their own geeky world. You see, here at Me and the Geek, we believe that everyone is geeky about something. Find out what your geek is and then let your geek flag fly with Me and the Geek on iTunes, in Stitcher, and wherever you find podcasts now. Our musical guest this week is Axel Jordan.
at the Bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high fly into all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. Tune into Haycar's new podcast series, The Road to a Simple Life. And join me, Vernon Kay, as I chat to McFly's Harry Judd, Ian Haste of Haste Kitchen, and Money Magpie's Jasmine Bertles about how they keep things simple across their family, food, and financial lives. The Road to a Simple Life is brought to you by Haycar, the new website for used cars that promise to make finding your perfect used car simpler than ever. Find us on all major podcast channels or head to haycar.co.uk forward slash simple for all of the episodes.